2020 podcast. What? It's a 2020 podcast. What? It's 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 What up, what up, what up? This is episode 88, I'm guessing, of the 20 by 20 podcast. And we are your host, Nathan McFly. Shit nigga Woodrow, man. What up, man? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's clapping? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm fucking great. And it's fucking cold. Yeah, it's break out here in the city. Finally, we getting some winter weather. We ain't really been getting this that much, man. Yeah, I know. Oh. It literally went from 60 on, like, Wednesday... Or it's Last not went, weekend. Bullshit. It went from 60 to, on Saturday, Sunday to fucking 22 on A week Thursday. later, dude. Like, almost a week later. That shit was crazy. Nasty drop. That's how, <laughs> and that's how that's how motherfuckers get sick. Oh, yeah. That's how we get sick. Like, yeah. not for nothing. So, uh, pop that vitamin C, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh... Everybody that's listening to the 2020 podcast at the moment, we are coming out with new merch. A drop date will be thrown out there sometime next week. Can't really uh, give you the exact date right now, but we're shooting for next weekend. As you know, next weekend is the 2020 edition of the Royal Rumble. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna Royal be- Rumble. Like, not for nothing, Royal Rumble, when I was a kid, that was always my favorite pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, obviously, WrestleMania was, like, a big deal, but as far as, like, what wrestling was, this is, like, you know, before all the ladder matches and all the extra shit was going on, like, that Rumble was, like, something, like, different. You know, having, like, all them dudes in the ring... And, and always, bro, I always go back to when I remember the rumble when the model, Rick Martel, lasted like 42 minutes. Yo, you want to know a quick story about That's that? That's my favorite rumble. So, on uh, Bruce Pitcher's podcast, he, he was talking about it with Conrad, how like that was a mistake. He wasn't supposed to last that long. Really? But they forgot that he was in the ring. Oh shit. So they never get this they never gave the time to throw him out. So that niggas did there for and like he just 50 ran with minutes. It. Yeah, he just, he just ran, ran with, with it. it. Yeah, that shit was dope. So like the Rumble always has like this special place in my heart. Um so I always like love the Rumble. So and I like the build up that they're they're leading into. The oh Rumble yeah, but because right you know what it is? When we were younger too, going back to that what you were just saying, the Rumble was like the start of whatever storylines were going into WrestleMania. As kids, we didn't see it like that. We just thought, like, oh, who's going to be at WrestleMania facing Hogan? Or who's going to be at WrestleMania facing this person? Like, that That's all that we were thinking about. But now it's just like, yo, it's just the story that unfolds within those three to four months. It's going to be dope. I mean, like you said, where they're going right now with the Rumble is very, very interesting with Brock coming in at number one. But we got a Rumble episode next week coming for y'all, and we're going to talk more on that. I think we should just get into There was a lot of shit going on. Oh yeah, in uh in uh the world of wrestling, mad shit going on, man. Fuck it, like these fucking like yo. I think every time we talk, the fire department got somewhere to go. I'm telling you, there's always there seems to always be a fire out here. But yo, let's just start off. Let's get it out the way. 
I woke up today and I seen a video from the good bad guy Tamatanga. Okay. So you know, let's discuss wrestling beef. All right, let's do or, that. Let's wrestling do that. beef. Pause. <laughs> let's, you know, like when the wrestlers decide to break down that third wall. <laughs> <laughs> And drop the kayfabe. You know. You know? And keep it straight G. Yes. I like that, right? The the only part I guess there's no other way to address it, but I guess like going straight to the socials to address yeah, but you know, what's it, going on. It may it makes it grow. You know what I mean? It gives it a follow. So the good bad guy. My son, suck my dick. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom got a plumber. <laughs> my son, yo, shout out to Tom Tonga, man. Like I give it to him. So he put out, he put out a video, getting at Enzo. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I seen that. And he took it to the next level. So he basically called out Enzo again and was like, Yo, enough yo, of this bullshit. Man, let's go take a fucking street fight. Fist fight, let's shoot. Let's get the money to charity. <laughs> and let the fans pick with charity. Yeah, I was feeling that. I'm like, yo, my son. He's like, yo, you want a shoot fight? Yo, what, what you want to do? As a good bad guy that he is. Nigga, he said, I'll fuck yo, you up I'm and a, give the money to charity. I'm going to fuck you up and we're going to let the fans pick the charity. I like that. Like nah, that that's energy. dope. That's dope. And he, he's always brought that energy. Like, you know, if you're going to talk shit about him and like, even like, you know, him and Roman Reigns go back and forth, but they keep it humble. And even them keeping it humble, this shit look dope. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just, it's just a way of going about it. But, you know, the beef with him and um, Enzo is just a different, that shit, that shit is on a, just a different wave. And if they do that, that shit will be dope. At least take out that energy that way instead of like meeting each other somewhere and somebody gonna get really hurt. You know what I I'm mean, saying? I know Enzo's tight because Tamatango was basically the one that stopped that whole situation that was going on with New Japan and Because they kind of took, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's because they kind of took away their shine. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they had the titles, they won the titles at Madison Square Garden. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. They weren't feeling that. And not for nothing, Tamatanga was like, "Yo, that's you where Haku fucking cancer." Yeah, that's where Haku, that's where Haku won it with Andre the Giant when they beat. I think it was Demolition. They beat him mm. at the Garden for the titles, right before WrestleMania Six. Mm. But Tamatanga told Enzo, "Like my nigga, you're a cancer. You yeah. corny." You know, after Enzo was popping that shit about the niggas in the locker room, whatever. But I don't know what happened between that and. Tamatanga putting out this video. Like, I don't know. I haven't heard Enzo say really. No, Enzo, Enzo's kind of, well, he he addressed and he said that we could give it over to this this foundation or whatever. He's like, yo, we could do that and just give it over to this foundation. And then it fucking, <laughs> Tama replied to him back like, Nick, I told you the fans are going to pick the fucking, you know, where we donate the money, idiot. He said, "You want to do this? Yes or no?" So, so let me ask you, Tamatanga, yeah, versus Enzo mm. in the shoe fight. Let's say they, let's say they're able to get it off. I'm I'm going with Tama, bro. My mm. nigga, I know he is not the direct seed of Haku. I know that. I know that. Everybody knows that shit. 
He was adopted by the family, but he is family. He wasn't adopted by a strange family. He was adopted within the family. He got that blood, my nigga. He got that animal instinct that everybody talks about when they talk about Haku. Come on, son. So you I think, think it, just based on that? Just, yo, dude. That gives based them the on W? That, and then just the way I see they... Yo, like, I'm telling you, bro. I went to that Bullet Club block party, and just the way they move, they move different, bro. Like, they don't move like a character. You know, everybody... It's always in character when it comes into professional wrestling. Some niggas know how to separate the character. Some niggas is just like real badass motherfuckers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like you know it because you'll never hear this person talk about this person because they know what's going. For, they know what's up already. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like that's the same way with Tama. Like Tama's known as a tough dude. All them niggas, Tama, uh, Tonga Lao. Who is Haku's son? Uh, Badaluk Fale, you know, like these niggas, like, come on, son, they 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 about they about that action. If if that's what they're gonna do, that's what they're gonna do, and I'm gonna go for Tama. Enzo, on the other hand, you don't get that vibe off him, bro. Regardless if he, if he's being real or he's within character, you don't really get that vibe off him. I don't. But I the vibe I get off him, like, yo, my nigga, I'm going with this nigga to strip club because he's gonna get the bitches. Look at this motherfucker. Nigga, look like he fucking sold a million albums when he's, you know, when he has it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. He he knows how to project that type of energy, and that's what I see. That's just me, though, bro. Um, I mean, I definitely probably have Tama, only because that's the max B of wrestling. <laughs> the and, wave guard. And just the swag is at a thousand. You know, like Enzo looked like he he. He like one of those rappers that like is nice but can't get a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just out there. Like you know he, you know he nice and you know he probably still got it, but he just can't get a deal. Like no singles is popping for him. Like, and we're not talk. We're not literally saying that Enzo's nice at rapping because Jesus Lord. No, yeah, no, not, not <laughs> I just mean like as a as like yeah, yeah. Comparing, Overall, comparing the like two, yeah. the in-ring and out-ring shit. Nothing having to do with your rapping skills. Like, nothing. But, yeah, I got time on that. I got hell yeah, I got time on that. And you know what? If they do do this, they should do it during uh, Super Card of Honor. You know, just do it during fucking WrestleMania week. You got, super, you got ROH New Japan coming together once again to to put that Super Carter Honor shit together. They got mad niggas in that shit. They got fucking Kenta, Jay White, Will Ospreay. They got they got all their heavy hitters on that. They got uh, Taguchi, uh, I think, is going to be there. Uh, yeah, man. They got mad people. They got the whole LIJ over there. A lot of the Bullet Club's going to be there. A lot of good fucking talent from ROH is still there. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be it's gonna be a show. It's gonna be a real, real show. Now that we're just talking about ROH and New Japan, something just came to my mind, my nigga. Check this out. So with this guy not leaving anywhere, not going to WWE, NXT, AEW, Marty Skull. Okay. Going back to ROH. Supposedly he's not gonna be the head booker, he but he's gonna be some part of uh, you know going forward with the talent and creating new storylines and everything like that. So with him being there, he's thinking, supposedly is what they're saying, that he's thinking about bridging the gap between 
ROH and AEW. There's just a lot of bad, bad energy there between all three companies because they looked at AEW like, damn, you took like our niggas and made your own shit and fuck. Okay. You know what I'm saying? As but they I feel like, yeah, but I feel like if they would all work together, not only would they would have phenomenal matches and something different all the time if they all work together, but it could be something like really big, like where you could rival one company, especially during these weekends. You know what I'm saying? Instead of having like that show here, that show here, um, AEW show here, or whatever the fuck it may be. You could put all that shit into one. And yo, you know, have a fucking, you know, have a great night. Were you saying that, like, it makes me think how the position that AEW is in right now, where they're literally having to think of ways to outdo WWE, where they really shouldn't be thinking like that. They should probably more concentrate on getting their shit together. No, I know, but this is just me. Saying this, like, this is me as a fan. Like, no, 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 but you, know what I mean? you, but like, you also kind of see it. Like, I mean, they kind of like, I mean, in WWE is in that position where they only really have to do out, do um, outdo, outdo themselves. themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shout out to the sponsor. <laughs> um, but I just feel like AEW is just in that weird position where they're just going to be like trying all these different things to compete with what WWE has going on. I mean, this. I mean, yeah, it's to compete, but at the same time, it's like doing what you said you wanted to do. Like, what's the point of them going with ROH if it's not really right, to compete listen, with WWE? But my thing is, like, they also get to do one of the things they said they wanted to do, which please the fans, give the fans a show they want to watch. Like, imagine it, it's, it'll just be dope, like, getting fucking Tanahashi, Kenta, and the Bullet Club on TV, on actual, like, American tele- television. So the Bullet Club is in ROH. No, but they they have a a working a working relationship with New Japan. But what, what I'm so saying that would though, be like the, but what the I'm saying is this: getting this is what Japan. I'm saying. Just having everything in front of you, live television. I just as a fan, like me me seeing niggas from New Japan at my AEW show with some of the AEW talents, you know, locking it up in the ring. I I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. No, yeah, for sure. That's for what sure, I'm saying. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that would be dope to see. And it's possible to do that. With WWE, WWE is on a different fucking platform, bro. They're on a different platform. They're there to entertain, not to fucking go to war or anything. They already done all that. You know what I'm saying? They just have to put out the best show in order to rival another show that's there. That show that's there is basically brand new, bro. It's only a couple of months old. You know what I'm saying? So they could do all the, like, you know, all, all the shit that companies do when they first get big, big time shit like that. Just go have a partnership with, not, with other companies. Like, that's what WWE used to do when they, you know, like, when Vince came in, like, 15 years after Vince came in, you could see they had partnerships with, like, USWA. There was, like, uh, Jerry Lawler territory over there. They would have some of their wrestlers go there. Isaac Yankum, DDS, Kane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane from over there. Like, he had a match with The Undertaker when The Undertaker was Undertaker, like, 93, 94, and it was a USWA match. Like, they used to rent talent, do all that shit. 
that I feel like AEW shouldn't just shoot for the stars right away. They just just mingle in there, get whatever you need, whatever you want, in order to go to the top and have a Monday show, have a Friday show that could rival it. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I don't know if it could rival it. Yeah, you know, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Just be nice to see. It just be nice to see. You know, I'm talking like a fan, bro. Fuck it. But um, <laughs> uh, another crazy thing this week, uh, Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. So Tessa Blanchard put out a tweet, like, you know, trying to unite the females within wrestling, you know, yeah. unite all the women saying that they could just, like, support each other. A lot of cool things would happen. As soon as she wrote that, a lot of her counterparts, a lot of other women talent around the whole industry went at her, calling her a bully to even calling her a racist, saying that she used the N-word towards an Afro-Latina, and her name is La, La Rosa Negra. She's from Puerto Rico. And it happened in Japan while they were working for Stardom. About two, I think it's like two, three other women talent Co-signed it. Yeah, came Co-signed it. There was others talking about how she used to bully the talent and, you know, make it, you know, make 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 it a world of shit for them. So after all that came out, La, La Rosa, she put out a video talking about the whole situation. Basically saying it happened and the shit is squashed. We're like, right, we good. Right. We're going to move on. Right. So I'm like, all right. I'm thinking to myself, after this. It's over. It's over. Tess is gonna come out saying, you know, that was a young me. You know, that was that was stupid of me to do or whatever. That's how I thought. She ain't saying nothing about the situation whatsoever. Then this bitch puts out a statement yesterday. Can I, I think it? it was yesterday? Can you want to read it? Yeah, read it, read it, read it. So Tessa Blanchard posts this on her Twitter account uh, with the caption: "I hope everyone will take a moment to read this." And then it goes, over the last week, I have been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur. To read this allegation has been personally upsetting. To be clear, I did absolutely not use that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my heart. Racism is not in my heart. Yet, I know many people have to deal with racism in a way that I would never have to. Racism is an awful part of American history and is equally awful that it's still part of our society today. When I did not do what uh, what was claimed, I stand ready to use my platform to support the fight against racism however I can. Wepa. Tessa, racist bitch, Blanche. <laughs> right, it doesn't say racist bitch. I know so, it yeah. doesn't. Honestly, hold on. She said the word racism like five times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She made it clear like, yo, whatever they're saying about me is not true. I'm not racist. She's making it a point to say that she's not racist. And my thing is, like, if you have to make it a point to say you're not racist, 
You're racist. You might be fucking racist. <laughs> you, you might be racist. There's a chance that you're doing some racist shit out there that, that you have to clean that up. Yeah. All right? So, Tessa, you're fucking disgusting. And honestly, this is one of the reasons why I don't like over wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Everybody disregard that. <laughs> But um, my thing is this. It's like, all right, so the other side of this situation comes out with a video. She doesn't go in on you. She just talks about the situation and talks about how the situation was handled. You know, not trying to drag your name through the mud, nothing. Just wanted to get the shit out clear in the air. But then you come back days later after you win the world title from Impact and say you didn't do it. When there's people co-signing, other other female wrestlers co-signing this. And then I'm just like, damn. Now this shit just basically turned into a he said, she said. But you know what? Maybe she didn't say it like to her face. Like, yeah, you and her. Maybe she just said it like under her breath type shit. So that's how so she's trying to clean it up. <laughs> like maybe she said it, but she didn't say it to her directly. She's like, I know they didn't hear me. <laughs> or not everybody heard me. I didn't say it to her face or whatever the fuck. Whatever. Like it's gonna be some shit like that, whatever. So that's but it's that, the politics of the bullshit. But right now though, like it made Tessa look really whack, my nigga. Like now she's gonna fight this shit. You know what I'm saying? And I and of course there's no there's no video proof. There's nothing visual. Or audio for you to hear some shit like that. Just audio circulating around right now of her taking a shit and making a video for somebody. And, and what, what, what's <laughs> supposedly because now they're saying that wasn't her. What's also important to note is the people that are accusing her. She's bigger than. She's more popular than. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are people that can be can be seen as haters that just don't want to see her shine. So they're willing to co-sign some shit that that's not true. She can she can play that card because yeah. obviously, like, I mean, she won the fucking heavyweight title at fucking uh, at the last uh, at impact, impact that last impact event, yeah, which is pretty crazy in itself. Like, but I mean, I don't know. Like, honestly, like, I don't want to give her too much shine. You know, fuck her. <laughs> Shout out to Tony though. <laughs> what the fuck? Tony Blanchard? Tully. Tully, Tully Blanchard. Tully. Shout out to Tully. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Tully. And shout out to the sponsor. But shout out to Tully. Um but yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I just wasn't feeling it whatsoever and I feel like it's just it's just a cover-up, and if this shit blows up in her face, she's going to look even worse. To the point where, like, she I don't even know if she would get a match to defend that title and, and lose it properly. They're probably just going to have to strip her of the title. Yeah. If something else comes out, like some type of video surfaces or audio of her saying that word towards a person of color. So that's just a messy situation all on its own. And that's all the time I got for that shit. You? <laughs> nah, yeah, I already said what I said. And that's what I said. <laughs> but, uh, yo, 
one of the dopest documentary-based things that's come out for pro wrestling. <laughs> Vice. Vice. The dark side of the ring. They were getting season two cleared. It's going to be 10 episodes, which is, I think, four more than the first season. And these episodes will include a story on Chris Benoit. You already know that shit's going to fucking probably break fucking TV records if that shit's on TV, my nigga. That shit's going to break records, bro. Um, I also have a story on Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo was murdered. And he was in this whole, uh, you know, gambling, counterfeiting thing with, you know, mafias out there in Canada. Supposedly, as they say, as the story goes. Allegedly. Allegedly. But the one story that I'm very intrigued that I was reading about they're going to have, they're going to have a story on Jimmy Snooker and Nancy Argentino. That story is mass spicy, bro. Because there's a whole bunch of shit going on that Jimmy Snooker murdered his wife and covered it up or some shit. The story's just nasty. And they talk about Vince paying some people off to leave Jimmy, Jimmy Snooker alone. It's a nasty, nasty story. Well, I just did a quick like Google search, and it says that Snooker was indicted and arrested in September 2015 on third-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter charges. Yeah, in relation to a May 1983 death of his girlfriend Nancy Argentino. Yes. Hey, Snooker pled not guilty, and but was also ultimately found unfit to stand trial. In 2016, due to a diagnosed with dementia. Shit. And then he died like a couple of months later. Shit. So they're going to go in on that. That shit's going to be crazy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that just sound like law and order, bro. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Snooker yes. was a nasty. Yo, yo Snooker was dope. No, he was he was like one of those wrestlers that he was just like when he used to do that ooh ooh shit. Yeah. Just loving that nigga. Like walking <laughs> to the ring with coconuts. Like, what is he doing? Oh man. But that uh that flying super Yeah, that fucking the frogs not the it was cool. body press. He just like yeah. threw himself, bro. Fire. Snooker flying through the air is fucking had kids flying. Word up. Off the couch. I think it did bed. that shit off a cage, bro. I forgot against who. He had a cage match. I, was it with Piper? I'm not even sure. Did that shit off the cage. And that's what made Foley wanted to jump off the Hell in a Cell cage when he did. Oh, word? Yeah. Oh, he was shit, a Jimmy no. Snooker fan. He was in the crowd. And, you know, when you see, like, the old school WWE videos of that, of that event at the Garden, they go around and then they circle in on, like, yeah, that was Mick Foley right there. That's dope. Drove all the way from Long Island to see that shit. But yeah, man. Dark, dark, dark Side of the Ring. I mean, the first season, they had so many bangers. I can only imagine like what they're going to have now. It's just going to be fucking amazing. Uh, AEW has signed a four-year extension with TNT worth about $175 million. Hey. Breaking the bank, baby. That's, that's what's up. That's I good, mean, that's good money right there. They have great. I look, listen. I understand how some WWE fans could be mad 
when, you know, they're getting attacked by, you know, just watching that and then you're not watching AEW and all this other shit because, you know, it's that indie fanboy shit. Hashtag neckbeards, right? Yeah. <laughs> but regardless of that, stop posting all these pictures when you're in the events and showing that half the arena is only filled. Like, that shit happens. That shit happens. You know what, though? They have way more viewers at home that's making that money for TNT. I think they're probably averaging like about 800,000 to 900,000 views. On TNT, you know, a couple of times they went over a mil. You know, that's nice, man. And you show on the Yeah, I said, I, I, I read some shit that on average they're... It's over a million views on average. Really, over a million hmm. on average. Okay, maybe they maybe they add in DVR views and shit like that. I mean, but even that, like, shout out to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. adding on another show. Yeah, and then adding on an hour show. Supposedly they wanted to have our the the dark the dark matches for their hour show, but they just want to keep it internet based with that. Yeah, I don't think they should do the dark matches. Nah, they could do something else. Yeah, they could definitely do something else. Um, I don't see it being like a SmackDown, you know, like another big show. They they need to take their time with this one, though. I can see it being like more like a um, like a Heat, oh, you know, Saturday where, night, heat, Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, where you you know you might have like maybe one of your big stars there yeah. that day. But the rest is like really lower to mid card type dudes. But I feel like they should work their way towards that. Like, don't just jump in and get and give them an hour worth of content just to get easy, easy, easy. They still have to develop their main show. The main show still has to be developed. Yeah, because right now, right now, I'm starting to see it. Like, their storylines from when they first started, they're starting to like. Really, it's getting into that second half of that book. You know what I'm saying? You're starting to see all the action and everything with it, especially you know, like with Cody and MJ, MJF. Oh, that that's that's one of the most fire um, feuds. Yeah. Right now. To be honest, I know a lot of people are not liking this segment, but the Dark Order segment. Since we're on AEW, let's get into AEW. The Dark Order segment. I like this segment so much this week because. They keep it on what they're trying to do. They're not. They're not revealing their their true boss. Then you know they're they're in a meeting. This is you know meetings that factions do. Who's Jim Cornette? You know what I'm saying? You think so? I don't think so. But what what I really liked is like they started to show weaknesses in certain parts of the organization. Like look look at this guy. And then Brand, Brandon Cutler, he's just like. He's in the backseat chilling with the Bucks, but he's like, damn, bro, I haven't fucking won a match. Like, you can see the frustration. And they're using that towards their advantage in order to suck these guys in. And then when he said, what about Kenny Omega? Oh, his, his circle is close knit. It's going to take a while to get to him. Like, that right there just gave you a, a hidden chapter later in the book. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, That's true. Facts to that. And shout out to them for even acknowledging... That Kenny Omega should be mentioned in that because he's a top tier dude getting treated like a Mick Carter. Just how they started Dynamite. With another a six story. man tag, another six man tag. No, no, that the way they started Dynamite was fire. That fatal four way match with both with all four teams was dope. I mean, yeah, not a six man, but it was dope. But it was another fucking But there's a story there. I don't know if you've seen it. 
But there's a story within that match, and it has to do with the elite. You see, when Matt's about, Matt wants to make a tag, he's closer to fucking Adam Page, but Adam Page ain't really fuck with him. He's like, yo, I got to do my own thing. He looks at him and then tags Kenny, and Adam's like, really, my nigga? Like, thought we still cool. You know, I just, I just want to do my own shit. It's like Bobby Brown breaking away from New Edition and shit, my nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that right there just tells a story. And then, you know, the miscommunication between him and Kenny Omega in the beginning when they first started tag teaming. And him, you know, fucking throwing Matt Jackson out the ring in order to get the pin and win that match. Because that match, the prize was going to go against SCU for the tag team championships. So it's like... They showed where they didn't want to fuck each other over, but ultimately they're, one they're person had to fucking fuck over the other in order to win. Exactly. They had to win. It's the main objective, but it's just like there's like a story being told there. No, for sure. But did you and, think Kenny was going to win that? Hmm? A tag team match? I'll be honest. I wanted Pride and Powerful. I was going in there with Pride and Powerful winning. Oh, so was that. You know, Latinos, NYC, here we well, go. I just mean, like, Kenny is kind of being thrown in these different mixes. But I, I like it. The, all right, I, I don't. I like it because it reminds me when, like, The Rock and fucking Austin were tacked, were tag team champions. Fucking Austin and Triple H. The Rock the Rock and Mankind. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, high-profile high athletes of the company just doing whatever to make the company. But that was you know? when they were both already over yeah, but they got Kenny is not over in AEW. Okay, but they have two people at at the top right now, ready to face Jericho and John Moxley and Pac. As soon as all that's done, I'm pretty sure they'll try to they'll try to move Kenny up there. It's just it they now with them telling stories, everything's starting to make sense. So is it more of a like oh, considering that Kenny is considered like a, a VP, VP yeah. in the company. Is it like, oh, I'm just going to let these guys shine because I'm he, a VP? Str- well, he wants to make sure everybody's shining. He All wants right, to so, make sure I mean, his, if it's you know? that, because, I mean, that literally just came to mind. I never really thought of it like that. If that's the reason why he's kind of taking a back seat right now, then I guess that makes sense. Yeah, hell that, yeah, hell But yeah. Cody's, the way Cody is doing it, I mean, he's well, pretty Cody's, much doing everything I, I can see while Cody. being one of the main fucking attractions in the ring. I can see Cody turning on what's going on. Like, him turning would be fucking dope. They just can't do it right now. It's too early. It's too I, early. I, yeah, I don't think... You, you can't have him turn for a long time, though. I said, like, a year or Unless two. Unless he's going to turn into, like, a Vince McMahon-type character. Where like, he's, he's not really wrestling like that unless he's like, has a, a serious one-on-one beef where he's affecting almost every single match in, in AEW. Yeah, that'll be fire. That'll be fire. Yeah, shout out to Cody, man. Shout out to fucking... Uh, what shout was out to dust? young Don what, Johnson. You what, seen him what, at AEW, what, Bass what, at the Beach? What dust was, was Cody? Red dust. No, no, uh, no, Stardust. Stardust. Shout out to Stardust, man. Young Don Johnson, my nigga. You saw him at fucking... Um, Who's that? Don Johnson. Don Johnson, Miami Vice. Alright. Yo. What the fuck? <laughs> name dropped an 80s show. Like, yo, I yo, because Dynamite, Dynamite had the Bash at the Beach fucking um, theme for Dynamite. And this motherfucker comes that. out with the white suit and the fucking teal I shirt. I didn't see that. And it was oh, like Don right. Johnson, bro. Who's that? Who did that? Cody. When he, he, yeah, he, he had a little promo against MJF. I didn't see the promo, bro. Uh, yeah, I was out and about Wednesday night. 
Shout out to the streets in New York, man. <laughs> nah, but yeah, homie was out there with his Miami, Miami Vice best. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I kind of, I, I like, I like what they're doing, man. Like I said, man, they got a lot of stuff going around. They doing the backstage promos, the promo that Joey Janela did. And the way he tied in that whole story with him, Kip Sabin and uh, Penelope Cruz, I mean Penelope, wow! <laughs> Shouts to her though, <laughs> Penelope Ford. You know what I'm saying? So that was pretty dope. But there's a lot of things I've seen on Raw that I really like. And shout out to Paul Heyman. Am I right or wrong? Yo, bro. Like I was telling you off camera, or I don't, I don't think I got to tell you, but. Shout out to Paul Heyman, man. When when him and Brock was walking to the ring, they kind of got this mixed reaction, but there was a lot of cheers in there. Um, <clears throat> they got into the ring, and Paul Heyman wait, went straight into heel mode, and he poured it on thick. Mm-hmm. He was talking shit about the crowd to a point where they were booing him. Yeah. <laughs> but then when he started to introduce himself and Brock, they said his name and he called them out on it. Like, really? Yeah. Like, he called them out on it, right? Which made them even hate him more. Now he, they were like, now he made them feel corny stupid. and ridiculous. Stupid. He made them yeah. feel stupid for cheering him. And what he do with that? He turned it back on, went even harder to the point where he couldn't even get the introduction. He couldn't even go through it because they were booing him so hard. Yeah. And I was like feeling that so much because it just made me like, it made me respect Paul Heyman because literally that's what he wanted. Yeah. And he he's got a fucking exactly, heel. That's what he's supposed he to be He manipulated the crowd to give him exactly what he wanted. Shout out to Paul Heyman for that. But then a, a lot of these heels need to do that. Draw that type of reaction from the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Give him a reason to, to hate. hate you. Yeah, like look at fucking MJF when he went into that six man tag that tag match with him Butcher uh, Butcher Blade versus forty to sixty. You know what I'm saying? They had fucking QT Marshall. He's in his forties. They had you know, Red Dust in his fifties and Diamond Dallas Page in his sixties. Yo, my son MJF had on the Louis trunks. Let's not forget that he was wrestling in Louis Vuitton <laughs> trunks. But he, dude, him. he had a he had a shirt on that says "I banged Dallas's Dallas's daughter." <laughs> Yo, bang, bang, <laughs> with the scarf. You know what I'm saying? So I I like I like that. But the one thing that stood out from all that, even out of all that greatness from Paul Heyman, was our truth. Yo, our truth, my nigga. Straight jokes. Yo. It's jokes, but it's just great entertainment. Yeah, it was entertaining, And for sure. he could still go in the ring. And this is why, like, Vince loves him. Like, there's pictures of him and Vince together just laughing it up. You know what I mean? Like, R-Truth is a funny guy, bro, for sure. He's an entertainer. But I can see why certain people might feel that his character is really... I'm not gonna say it's degrading, but it's kind of it's comical to a point where it's not a good representation of you know what you would want to see 
from an African American superstar. Superstar in the WWE. Understandable. You know what I'm saying? Every time you see him, his jokes on, you know, he's seeing these ridiculous shit like, you know, the whole twenty four seven, seven eleven. European champion. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's just him. the just the little antics like that, like I do see the people out there like just kinda like rolling their eyes to it like Yeah, I mean but there's been other other superstars of the lighter of the fairer skin that try to do shit like that and it just doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like with our truth, even with that being said, like it's not like he's never had a championship match. Like he fought John Cena in the main event of a pay per view event. Everybody was waiting for that to happen. Like, but it's just like, all right, he gets the title. It could have been just like Kofi, how people look at Kofi with the title and said it just does not look believable because these motherfuckers are just joking around. It's like this fits him, and it's not. And he's won other other championships there. Now for sure, and had had you know pretty pretty dope runs. And it's more of a like he's kind of like getting in where he fits in because mm-hmm. he's up there in age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. While dude. he's able to perform, but he's still up there in age where he's not gonna go for these for these runs. Like he's not gonna be one of your main attractions. Yeah. But but he can still add a form of entertainment, some exactly. laughter, some fun. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like he's bringing like real fun to it. That he was able to bring that type of fun to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, like, yo, you cannot say that Brock Lesnar wasn't, like, genuinely smiling and laughing. Like, Yo, Brock he, reminds he, me he... of Gronk so much. <laughs> every time I see Brock Lesnar, I always think of Gronk. Yeah, but it's just, like, everybody sees Brock Lesnar as this as this serious type, and it's all business. He just want to fuck niggas up. And then this shit with R-Truth, come, you know, comes into play. And then you see him at the University of Minnesota with kids taking pictures and going nuts and, you know, just being that person. That's what's so. up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, definitely, yo, shout out to R-Truth's greatness, bro. Because on, on, on another end, he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, there's nothing he did not do within WWE. I mean, he was also an NWA world champion. Like, the NWA belt for for a long time within professional wrestling was known as the heavyweight championship. Like, you have to be that nigga in order to hold that championship, you know? Yes, he held it at a time where, you know, they had the partnership with TNA and, you know, they, was on, they were trying to get back on the come up. But it's like... He held it. He held it regardless. And you know he's, what I'm saying? not to mention he's the 34-time champion... <laughs> Of the fucking 24-7, No, a title that nobody really wanted to even give it time. Like, people like, oh, fuck, that shit is just some stupid shit. It's just some, like, PG hardcore title. Who was the shit. dude that beat him? What was his name? He got beat by Hobart. No, no, recently. Like, he lost the belt that day. I forgot to, what's his name? Oh, uh, Mojo Riley. Mojo Riley. Mojo Riley. Where he come from? Like, what's his story? Mojo Riley. I feel like I heard the name, but I don't know exactly. He was in NXT. He had a pretty, I would say, a pretty good run with Zack Ryder. They had a tag team NXT, and it was pretty popular. Uh, it's just hype bros, they used to call themselves. 
because they're just like full of energy and shit like that. But you know, he comes from a football background as well. Yeah, he looked like a football player. He looked and... like a young Travis Kelsey. Hey, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, like he he's been there for a couple of years now, and you know, he's just trying to get something going for himself. I just feel like he doesn't have enough character for it. You know, he's just about visuals and movement and all the other shit. That's why you can see him. You can see him on his IG, bro. Nigga does these dope-ass fucking commercials for fucking jewelers and all this other shit. He has a lot of character for that. But just as a pro wrestler, getting people to engage with you, I don't know if he could do that now. I don't see it. But they gave him the 24-7 title. Hopefully he could do something, you know. Maybe get a nice little feud going with R-Truth and maybe we could get that 24-7 title on a show, you know. Eight, nine-minute match, something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Need a little something with that, you know what I mean? But, yo, shout-out to R-Truth. I just wanted to bring that out because, you know, R-Truth is, like you said, still at his age as being uh, a driving force on what's going on currently in WWE. Another thing, Rusev losing that match to Bobby Lashley. Rusev? Crash. I mean, I, I, I don't know where they want to go with this, like, they had an Extreme Rules match. People thought that Rusev was going to win that. That tables match, he lost. They have the wedding. The interest is sparked again within that segment. But then I feel like it just took a nosedive with their latest match on Raw. Yeah, I mean, you know, losing your shorty can be tough. And it's going to take more than one fight until you... Until you're okay with giving up your shorty. So, you know, I could see this shit being stretched all the way to fucking WrestleMania. I don't want it, though. You know I, what I'm saying? Like, I, there's going to be some mid-tag matches in there. Yeah, they got one coming up. There's going to be a lot of shit going on. Exactly. They got so, one coming up. Yeah, I'm o- I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is Rusev saying some wild, <laughs> flagrant... I don't care if you said it with an accent. You said some wild, flagrant, hey, yo. You want to play that real quick? Hey, <laughs> fucking, yo, my man Rusev. Shout out to you, but my man. When something yo. is unnecessary. I don't care. You come in my face, I'm going to fight you. I don't care. You come in my face, I'm going to fight you. Hey, yo, Rusev, you know what? Yeah. If he comes in your face. You better fight him. You should certainly fight him. Like, you didn't even need to bring that up. Like, that had nothing to do with your promo. Yeah, if he comes in your face, you should oh, 100% shit. fight him. Pause. I am with you on that. The A-yo. A-yo. The A-yo moment has been brought to you by... Fucking Rusev. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty uh pretty crazy. I don't I don't know where they could go from here. There's no way that <laughs> Rusev should. I I don't know. Like, how do you make him? How do you make him liable after this? Uh, I'm yo. He he's. Uh, I think the whole the whole thing is it's just it's just interesting. You know, it's just an interesting feud. So you know, there's like some real meaning behind it. Like, there's some real like crazy backstory going on like behind it so it's it's interesting in that regard well you know um bobby lashley had a interview with um this guy gary cassidy at sports kedia 
And he was talking about how, you know, they asked him, like, you know, you're doing all this stuff. This doesn't seem like you. He's like, yeah, you know, like, he's doing all this just to get to a match they promised him. Supposedly they promised him a match against Brock Lesnar. A lot of people, when Bobby Lashley first came back and he actually had some, like, type of appeal as, like, somebody that could compete for the title, they seen it as a Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar match. Both of them with credible incredible UFC, MMA, Bellator experience, like, with winning records. Bobby Lashley, I think it's 15-1 or 15-2 in Bellator Mm -hmm. in his weight division, the heavyweight division. Brock Lesnar, I think he's 9-4 or something like that, but he has won the heavyweight title on separate occasions. And, you know, he's saying that these guys want to see him go through the emotions. Because with Bobby Lashley, you don't know what he's thinking because there's no emotion when he does his promos. That's why he's never really been given a mic to talk. And now they're giving him a mic to talk and show different types of emotions to see how how he would fare in being in a, I guess, a story, a segment with Brock. So if he's doing all this to get to that, yo, listen, keep grinding, my nigga, because a match between him and Brock Lesnar would be fucking insane bro even if it doesn't happen at wrestlemania let it happen at one of your traditionally big four pay-per-views if it's not royal rumble if it's not uh wrestlemania let it happen at SummerSlam. let it happen at survivor series something something with them like me and, and uh lp Dang- dangerously what up my brother shout out to lp we talked about this, about them having a WrestleMania match and instead of having a, a real ring, like a wrestling ring there, turn that shit into the octagon, bro. Let the niggas go duke it out. And you, you could do that for like the main event because you'll have like that 15 minute gap in order to get that ring ready and all that other shit. You know how they do. They always fucking yeah, yeah, plug yeah. your shit together. That would be fire. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm hoping he gets it. I'm hoping he gets it. It would be great for WrestleMania, but maybe they want to do it when they get to WrestleMania in uh, LA, as they're reported might might happen next uh next year. But you know, shout shout out to that, man. If they could keep that story going, because I don't know what they could do after that, but Jesus Christ. More power to them, bro. Um another news with talent that's about to come off a contract with WWE, The Revival has trademarked FTR, FTR, FTRKO and Shattered Dreams, which is their finisher. A lot of talent never really try to, like, trademark their finishers, at least the name of their finishers, so they could use them somewhere else. A lot of the times, you know, WWE's ahead of them on that. A lot, and right now, The Revival is doing things like that and then the lawyer they're using is the same lawyer like cody and a lot of people from AEW has used so they're seeing like oh you know what they're leaving they're not they're not staying i think one contract's up in april and the other one's up in july because of injuries so they they added on more days to the contract that's what's up that's what AEW needs they need another tag team no they don't they don't need another no tag they team. don't need another tag team but they have I'm a saying, dope tag team roster yeah but they don't need another tag team. But what do you what do you think they're doing? Like I feel like they're doing for their for their own good. I I don't see this as this as them leaving, especially what I seen on SmackDown last night when they lost to the Usos. They talked about like 
basically basically like you know what if they don't they don't appreciate us here we could always go somewhere else like they were just like putting out those those vibes on tv if that was put out on tv it has to do with a story i don't think it has to do with them actually going to aew after this waiting for their contracts to be up and then leaving i mean where, wherever they end up going you know i don't know their story before they got to wwe there was an nxt and then because i always hear like they were dope and then like you know when they went to the main roster fucked them up yeah but hey good luck <laughs> good luck out there you know what i'm saying like i'm not really i would you know i didn't really fuck with the revival like that i didn't think they were like that great you know as far as like telling a story you know they were a pretty cool tag team, whatever. Like, I mean, they're they're, they're, they they're the multiple time tag cha- tag champs within yeah, Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I saw that. So it's like, if the company didn't believe in them, why would they put the belt on them? Again, bro, everybody gets an opportunity, man. Yeah. What are you giving the people? What are what were they giving the people? Well, they gave them a jive, a jive, a, a, a gift, a gift app. They gave them a gift. Yo, that is the f- most flattering form of flattery. Bro, do you see how fucking... <laughs> do you see how Daniel Bryan connects with the crowd, bro? Do you see how everybody's able to chant... Yes. 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 And do an arm movement that he is also doing? Do you see, like, that he's able to connect in that way? That's... Again, this is what these wrestlers don't fucking realize. Like, they need to do more than what's in the ring. They need to they need to really connect on another level with these people. And it has to be in a way that identifies you as who you are. So when you see somebody do that, like when you saw the DX suck it, yeah. you know where that was coming from. I'm with you these saw days. the NWO throw up. Yeah, throw up the Wolfpack sign. You already knew what it was. Like it's not and I it's just what else are these good wrestlers giving the people? Because honestly, being a good wrestler is not enough anymore. Nah, it's not. It's not enough anymore. You gotta like. It's like hip hop. You can't just be nice. You just can't be a dope rapper. Like you gotta make songs. You gotta interact with the people. You gotta like do the whole internet grind, the whole show grind. Like it's just more than just being dope. Like just dope gets you through the door. So like a lot of these wrestlers, they get opportunities because they're dope, but they, they don't get through do the shit door. They, they don't. They don't do anything after they enter the door. And they like to blame WWE because they want to water this shit down, whatever. But niggas don't know how to adjust. They're just like, I'm dope. This worked in this promotion, so it should work here. But a lot of the times, that's not the case. You gotta, exactly. You gotta evolve, and you gotta. You got to fucking adjust. You got to work. You got to work, my nigga. You got to put in that fucking work. So I'm not, you know, again, I'm not too up on, on Revival. They never really interest me. But, hey, good luck. Shout out <laughs> to the Revival. And shout out to the Nation of Domination. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. You got it. Yeah. There it goes. But another another superstar they're talking about leaving WWE is Matt Hardy. Now, Matt Hardy recently has been having, I mean, for the past couple of weeks, episodes of this new YouTube show he has called Free the Delete. 
hashtag free the delete. And he uses, you know, these character names and, and the way he just like approaches certain things, the way he talks. There's this character called Ken Keenigan that he always talks about. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks that's um, Vince McMahon. Right. Controlling Zenith, like, you know, the WWE universe. And they're, they're talking about, like, yo, Zenith will no longer exist past uh, 3220. And, in, and, you know, in the process of that, of that episode, they're talking about the year, right? But 30, 3220, as people within the community, within the wrestling community, they think of it as March 2nd, 2020, because his contract is up in March of 2020. Right. So they're, they're associating this with him leaving, with right. him not being here, with him not being a part of WWE and him leaving WWE. And I'm like, damn, I was like, all right. That sounds a little, you know, like, actually, like, a little cool. Like, you know, people are breaking it down, but why people are breaking down a YouTube show, bro? Like, this guy's doing this to actually, I feel like, build that broken character again for WWE to use. Like, he wanted to present the, the broken character in a different form to the WWE, but they're not they're not with it. Like, nah, nah, that shit ain't gonna work, blah, 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 blah. They, they just don't want to do it. So he put it on YouTube. To me, I feel like he's trying to get a fan reaction and show people how many people are actually involved in viewing this in order to make that shit happen on the roster. He hasn't signed a new contract, so what do you think? So let me ask you a quick question <clears throat> before I say what I think. What do you, because what I, all right, real quick, I'll say what I think. What I think is what's going on, and this goes on with a lot of, of, the, of the WWE superstars is they'll keep a wrestler on their roster just so they won't go somewhere else yeah. and do something, right? And I think a lot of the times it's it's almost because they just don't want to see that wrestler be great in another promotion, mm -hmm. right? But from a business standpoint, even if they have zero plans to do shit with that wrestler, they did that shit with your boy, the nigga that was a part of Bray Wyatt shit. Oh, uh, Luke Harper. They did that with Luke Harper. They made him sit on ice for like six months or whatever. I can see this being a, like a similar situation. Like, nah, you're just gonna sit until. But really, what, what does it matter? Like, what what is the WWE really gonna do with Matt Hardy in 2020? Like, seriously, I I really don't know what they can do with him because I don't see him being involved in the show. Like, for his character, right? I could see I could see him being partner up with Bray Wyatt again. That's the only person I could see him being partner up with, but he's not going to be the main focal point of it. For him to be like the star, there's nothing for him here in the WWE. There isn't. Inside WWE, there's nothing for him there. If that's what he wants to do is be the star, there's nothing for him there. And he probably wants to go, but again, I see WWE just keeping this dude on ice until they... Well, his contract is up, like they said, in March 
All right, so look at that. So it's it's up to him if he wants to resign. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody's looking at these these little videos he's putting out, a part of his show called Free the Delete, and think like, oh, he's just giving us like clues on that he's gonna leave, like he's not gonna be here no more. I mean, with the Dark Order and everything that's happened there, that could fit him perfectly, because he has that relationship through the Indies. Facing the Bullet Club, facing fucking Cody and knowing Cody and Kenny Omega and all these other guys, you know what I'm saying? So that could that could intertwine into that, into that story. That would be that would be probably perfect for AEW to be honest with you, right. within that story. But with him here in WWE, I just feel like that Matt Hardy can only give so much, and if they're not gonna be on on point with it like if they're not gonna give him the free reign to make this shit happen then there's no need for him to be there that's what i think okay because he could he could still be a a top mid carter if they want him to be in order to have him there so that if somebody's on the come up that'll be somebody to be that could give you some type of credibility just because of who he is I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just out the loop, or maybe I'm just looking at it no, but like, differently. But I just feel like if if it's not gonna be the Hardy Boys, you know, maybe like to me, Jeff has the more single wrestler. He's always been the better. I feel like always Matt is just he was just like I don't know. Like he was just like he was not the main guy. By himself. Okay. Maybe I miss those moments that you're talking about, but I just can't even see him being even relevant in what's going on in WWE. WWE has way too much talent to even dig into their fucking early 2000s bag and pull fucking Matt Hardy out and do something relevant with him. Unless he's just going to like take the character of totally what Matt or what we think of Matt Hardy and just go totally left with it and just be totally different. But if it's just Matt Hardy and just what we've been seeing, yo, man, good luck out there, man. (laughs) Well, we had a what if question. Oh, that was a. Brought to us. I seen the what ifs. What ifs was popping. Yeah, that shit was popping this week. Everybody was was talking. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to see uh, where it was, but it it drawed me to that question about, uh, not even that question, but that statement that you made about Jeff and Matt. Like, what if WWE would have seen Matt as the star and not Jeff? Because Jeff is the one that won the WWE Championship. Yeah. Oh, it was the heel marks. Shout out to them. They're always at. They're always everywhere, man. Yo, shout out to the heel marks. But uh, they said, what if WWE thought Matt and Christian were the stars instead of Jeff and Edge? Mm. To be honest, thinking about it now... I felt like if they would have pushed them and had Edge and Jeff just fight their way to get to where their brothers are at, they would have just shown that they made the mistake. Matt Hardy, and they always said this shit about Matt Hardy, he was very creative. He's great in the ring, very creative, but his brother was just a star. He just had that appeal, that star appeal. Just like Edge, Edge has that star appeal. Christian is phenomenal in the ring. But Jeff just has that edge appeal. 
not the edge appeal, you heard me? <laughs> <laughs> that star appeal. Him and Je- they, they could get on the mic, they could say their shit little by little. Ah, they get a little reaction from the crowd, but whatever they did in the ring and the way they presented themselves from entrance to the fucking belt to the final belt was just star quality. Star quality, man. And I feel like that if they would have went the other way with it, they would have definitely changed it six months later and seen that who was really the stars. They would have seen they're wrong. I feel like they would have seen they're wrong. Yeah, man. Shout out to Jeff, man. Jeff was that dude when I was watching wrestling uh, back in the day, before my hiatus. Jeff was definitely the star of me. And, um, yeah, Christian was obviously the little brother. And Edge was, you know, Edge was Edge. Like, yeah. Edge was never a slouch in the ring. Um, so, shout out to them. <laughs> And we got one from uh from the homie uh Steven Pantadillis. What's going on, my brother? How you doing, man? Yo, shout out to him real Yo, quick. Yo, funny motherfucker, quick, right? I'm gonna give a quick shout out to him real quick because I see he's on his his stand up grind, and he's a funny he's a very Yo, he's, funny individual. He's, he's hilarious, he's a very man. Funny he's hilarious. So shout out to him. I clicked on the uh, I clicked on the Yeah Brothers um, hashtag. Yeah, and there's a bunch of like. Funny ass videos of him with his peoples and shit. He's a funny dude, man. So shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him, man. Making everybody laugh. Can't wait to have you on the show again. Um, he said, "What if Brock would have pinned our truth for the twenty four seven title?" I was kind of waiting for. I that, was actually. waiting for that too. I was kind of waiting for that actually. It would have been dope if he would have pinned him for the title. The title looks a little flimsy. Yeah. And Brock would have just basically folded that title into a fucking, like, little... Into a present, into a box. Into a little cube. <laughs> and then punted that shit into the crowd. <laughs> Maybe if this was and a that, cartoon. And that would have been it with the 24-7 title. Yo, if Brock would have won the 24-7 title, who's really facing it, bro? Like, they're going to have to have actual matches. Actual, like, real matches for somebody to get the 24-7 title off him. And it would have made it something, if you think about it that way. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, it would have been different. It would have been, been so different. Ain't nobody running around the ring chasing Brock. Ain't nobody even coming up to see what's up with Brock. Hell no. Unless they're going to run him over. That's about it. But uh, uh, Mark Radio Show said, what if the fake Razor and Diesel got over? <laughs> Shout out to the to the Mark Radio Show at Mark Radio Show on Instagram. Uh, Yo, think of a universe. Think of a universe where Scott Hall, Kevin Nash show up to WCW, and they're doing this whole angle where they're from a different organization coming to take shit over. But you turn to Raw, you see Isaac Yankum as the fake Diesel, and some Canadian nigga as Razor Ramon. And everybody's loving it. Like, people are not even, like, people are oblivious to that not being Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And they're like, oh, my God, it's Razor and Diesel. And everybody's loving it. Would the NWO even matter? I think that would have broke kayfabe. That would have broke kayfabe. You mean if everybody loved it? If everybody loved it, would the NWO even matter then? 
Um, yeah. Yeah? Even more. Even more? Because I feel like the only reason why the fucking 2.0s are working in the WWF is because <laughs> these niggas of what they did. Yeah. So it's like, that will be their claim to fame. You know what I'm saying? But it's crazy because, you know, a lot of different people played Doink. You know, there was like yeah. there was like the three. I think was... it was like three, three different, um, three different doinks. You had, ah uh, man, who else? Even like the conquistadors, some old school shit from Lucha Libre. Niggas dressed in gold fucking jump ups and gold mask and shit. They've been played by like four different types of tag teams. Of course, you could play with it like that. I yeah, mean, you know what I'm saying? At, look at MF Doom. MF, MF Doom's been sending niggas in his place to his shows <laughs> for years. Exactly. Niggas be fucking lip-singing his shit. They wearing the MF Doom mask. That shit is crazy. Meanwhile, man. MF Doom is somewhere in Brooklyn with a bag of Cheetos fucking <laughs> going through beats and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, niggas do it. It's easy when but what if mask. what if Razor and Diesel is still a thing? Like That like, was a nasty Razor. Can we just say that yeah, real quick? Yeah, that was nasty. That was a nasty fucking reason. Shout out to him. He, 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 just, he passed away not too long ago. The Diesel character had way too much volume in his hair. <laughs> it wasn't Maybelline? It, it, no, it was certainly Maybelline, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely Maybelline. Um, Shout out to L'Oreal Styles. I mean, yeah, so that's that's my opinion. <laughs> VO5 in the face ass. <laughs> If uh, yeah, if they would have went over, man, like that would have made that run even better. Like yeah. they, it would have gave them an opportunity to take mad shots at WWE. I mean, it, it, it I think it would have changed stuff. Like, how do you like incorporate DX into that? Like, maybe it's just like making fun of them. Give me another what if. I seen the what if uh, oh, section was popping this. Uh, oh, beyond popping, bro. This week. Hold on, hold on. Uh, we can't get through all of them, okay? We're trying to. Some of these are just going to be forward on to the next show, just letting you know. So, WrestleBrainia Podcast said that trash gimmick. Oh, hold on. No. Yeah. What if Cody would have just accepted being Stardust? What? What's that about? Cody. Remember, he was Stardust. In oh, WWE. yeah. I thought you said Kofi. No, Cody. 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 Uh, you think he would have made it work? I'm glad he didn't. Definitely. I'm glad he didn't. Because had he, there possibly would not be no WWE. I no, mean, uh, no, AEW. AEW. I, I oh. think there wouldn't be AEW because if he would have tried his hardest to make that shit work and went beyond the time that he did, he wouldn't be ROH champion. He wouldn't be an ROH mingling with the Bucks, mingling, uh, going to New Japan, mingling with Kenny Omega, you know, mingling with the Bucks out there, the Bullet Club and all that, and seeing the other side of pro, pro wrestling besides what's on TV. Word. There, there would be no... that. That's one thing that would have definitely had a detour in what AEW is doing right now. I mean, yeah, he would have definitely got a steady paycheck Working with WWE at Stardust. Yeah, you know he's 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 Dusty Son. You know they're gonna they're gonna give him work. You know what I'm saying Moxley would have still been in the WWE. <laughs> but you know, shout out to those people that 
are willing to just take a chance and, and leave like the comfort of what they got going on to pursue a dream, to pursue a different path. Like, yeah. You know, with Cody doing that, I mean, we have AEW. You exactly. Know what I'm like, without he got, that he got role, with the right people and, and made it happen. Had he still, had he been young Red Dust, I mean, uh, young Stardust, <laughs> yo, without young Stardust, there would be no Red Dust. Yeah. If he without Red Stardust, Dust, it wouldn't be gold. And without. Yo, without gold, it wouldn't be red. How about that? Without gold dust, there wouldn't be any type of dust. Without dust, there would be no type of dust. What? Without road dust. Oh, that's what you said? <laughs> I like what you did there, road dust. Yo, Yo. where's road dust? <laughs> like, we have gold dust, we have star dust, we have red dust. Where's road dust? Dusty, baby. Ah, dusty. That's fire. Shout yeah. out to Polka Dots. Yo, shout, shout out, out to, to the sweet Sapphire. <laughs> Boy, nobody says that. Shout out to Sapphire. Shout... May she rest in peace. Shout man. out to me as a kid seeing Dusty Rose with a shirt off and being like, "Word, <laughs> I could do that. I could take my shirt <laughs> off in the pool." <laughs> oh man, ah, wear a red T-shirt in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yo, real quick, you know what's one of my most favorite fucking feuds of all time? What was um, Dusty Rhodes and Million Dollar Man? Yo, Dusty Rhodes and Million Dollar Man, Dusty Rhodes and Macho King. Nah, but Dusty Rhodes and Million Dollar Man was my favorite feud of all time. Sweet Sapphire got bought out by the Million oh Dollar by the Million. Oh yeah, but Diamond Rings. Trips around the world, fur coats. And she out there living her best she, life. Yeah, he was tricking heavy. <laughs> yeah, I would have, yo. He would have offered me that. <laughs> yo, Sapphire was not even all that. Like, no, not at all. Yo, that was yo, somebody's grandma. Million, million Dollar Man was definitely doing that shit for clout. Yeah. He was just doing that shit like, <laughs> so I'm I a could, fucking bitch. So I could go to the hood. <laughs> it wasn't because she was amazing and he had to have it. He was like, nah, I'm just fucking bitch. Because I could do it. And I'm willing to trick like $2 million off it. Like, it's worth it. Because <laughs> Sweet Sapphire is sitting on some fire box. <laughs> Oh my god! She must have something was going on. The head she game did something crazy. wrong. She did something right. Head game was crazy. Dusty, Dusty was going around talking about how her box was fire. I can't believe that's with that fire left me. Now he's like, "Yo, we looking for her gene. I let you know when we find her." I don't know what she is, but she making mistakes. Like yo, Dusty, being like he was looking like frazzled. And worried <laughs> at the same time with no shirt on. Yo, look at sweet, sweet Sapphire. Yo, looking for somebody in an arena with no shirt on <laughs> when you're not scheduled to wrestle that night is fucking crazy. Eugene was like, all right, we'll be on the lookout for it too, man. Good luck. Back to you, Vince. <laughs> so, yeah. Sweet Sapphire, you are a nasty woman. Uh, she's, she's dead, though. Can we get... Well, I mean... I don't mean nasty. Nasty in 89. I don't mean, like, really nasty. Let's get... Let's just get one more. Let's just get one more. One more. One more. Um, 
And yo, shout out to everybody that actually participated in this. This is a, uh, this was good right here. Oh a man, a lot of like. And then so, people had their own conversations too. Shout out to Wells Mania. Okay. Been fucking with Wells. Wells, what's minute. up? What's Been up? Been fucking with them for a minute. Um, <clears throat> he asks, "What if Chris Benoit didn't commit murder suicide?" Wow. That that's uh one of the greats. It's one of the greats. One of a the greats. tragedy what with what it's, happened. It's almost one of those like like the questions that they ask about like Biggie and Tupac. Right? Yeah. You know, like what, what if, if what if Biggie never got shot? You know what I'm saying? Like and I always like to be like, yo, if Biggie if Biggie never got shot, that nigga would probably be like a mixtape rapper right now, like Pat Poots or some Ooh, shit. Like, whoa, whoa. No, 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 I'm not saying that's the case, but it's always fun to joke like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have fell off. Like, you know, Who knows? Nobody's, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. But uh, pertaining to this, I was actually listening to uh, Chris Van Fleet's podcast. He had Benoit Sano. So Benoit Sano covered something that a lot of people probably didn't know. Where WWE was trying to transition Chris Benoit to being an agent, not being an on-air talent anymore. Um, when you say his son, it's just like a son from a previous his, family. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, his firstborn. Okay. So he and he said that Benoit seemed like he wasn't ready to retire. You know what I'm saying like you gotta understand early two thousands. Before all this happened, Benoit is like either forty, reaching either forty or a little over forty. You know, so a lot a lot of people in the industry now either when they get to that age they could still perform at a high level or they have resulted to backstage duties, being talent, being uh agents for matches, and you know going through a match with certain certain talents that are there at the moment. Did they say why they was transitioning him? Did he because say you know there was a lot of injuries. There was a lot of injuries. Okay. He was taking a lot of time off, and they felt this better, this better suited him. Okay. Now, with all the CTE stuff that's been coming about about him, and during that time when all that happened, when supposedly he killed his family, if that wouldn't have happened, I feel he would have seen himself not be the same Benoit that could give the Benoit matches. I feel like he he would have still been here, and he would have still been been a part of. WWE. I don't think he would have done what Dean Malenko did. Like Dean Malenko quit WWE, went to AEW. Like AEW has a lot of like great minds over there right now. A lot of dope legends they got over there working for them. But I feel like with him, I could see him and Fifth Findlay running a match or trying to you know make NXT UK a big thing. Cause like after watching the last Takeover. Talent over there, that's like a hidden gem, especially for tag teams. Everybody talks about the tag teams in AEW, but the yeah. tag teams in NXT UK, they showed out, especially at that ladder match that they did for the NXT titles. But I feel like I see him there, the way Shawn Michaels is. Shawn Michaels is over there working with NXT out here, working with NXT in the UK. I can see him doing that. I can see him molding these young wrestlers and minds of this of this industry into something great. I could see him doing it just because of how knowledgeable people said he was and the way he was in the ring. He was able to 
explain why he did this and why he thought this move was the move to do at that exact moment. A lot of great wrestlers can't do that. That's why they're not great coaches. Oh, for sure. But once you could actually step-by-step something that you did and why you did it in order for a younger talent to learn, that's that's a big asset. And I feel like he would have been that for the WWE. Yeah, I think he would have been definitely considered one of the greats. Oh, that that that's without being said. For sure. That's I mean, without being said. It's sad what happened. It's even sadder that WWE decided to like kind of disassociate themselves with Chris Benoit to the most part. Um, because yeah, he was that dude. Um, just in even in wrestling, because when he was in WCW, he was that nigga too. So you know, it's just it's it's sad. Um, but I, I, I do feel like he would have been considered one of the greats and he would have been revered. Yeah, definitely. But like I said, we have a lot of what ifs, but we're just going to forward that into the next show. I think we're good here, bro. Uh, yeah, I don't got anything else. On yeah, I think we're good here. And I really, really hope that you guys enjoyed this show. What are we going to play? What are we going to play at the end? What are we listening to? Uh, we're going to hear... I mean, we're going to play some Pop Smoke. Ah! Christopher Walken. There you go. Dissing Casanova <laughs> and L Smooth. Uh, that's just song is just fire. Like, regardless of what it is. Like, that shit, <clears throat> that Brooklyn drill sound, you know, that fucking Casanova's making, that... Pop Smoke is making, that Fabio's making. Um, that sound is just like, Jesus Christ. Some... You hear that shit, you just want to start throwing gang signs up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm throwing peace signs when I hear that shit, just because I need to throw sign up. That shit just sounds so crazy. So Yeah, that shit's crazy right now. We're going to end off with that shit, man. All right, so we're going to end off with that. And this is the 20 by 20 podcast. We are your host, Nathan McFly. And it's your nigga Woodrow, man. Peace. Niggas saying they outside. Niggas saying they outside. Send the Addy, we gon' slot. Air it out when we arrive. Popping that shit, but they don't want the smoke. She like it rough when we fuck, so I'm grabbing that bitch by the throat. Niggas saying they outside. Send the Addy, we gon' slot. Heard he was talking, but he never jumped out the stool. Think that it's sweet till I pull up and pop out and shoot. And they say I got the juice. I bought the Dior, Dior, now that's all I rock for the shoes. Hey, Porsche niggas, hot boy. You ain't in the field, you a top boy. We gon' tie that boy up like a cowboy. I'm the one that they envy like cowboy. Huh? Broke bitches ain't allowed. She wanna fuck with a real one. Real niggas back in style. I ain't no window shopper. Yeah, man, I hit window shopping. I be in all the stores, and no, we ain't window shopping. She throw it back cause I'm popping. I make it place with the, we run it back like an option. Niggas saying they outside. Niggas saying they outside. 
In the attic, we gon' slot. Air it out when we arrive. Poppin' that shit, but they done with the smoke. She like it rough when we fuck, so I'm grabbing that bitch by the throat. Niggas saying they outside. Send the Addy, we gon' slide. Just cause I dance, don't think I'm pussy, don't make me pull up with the stick. I got a Louis V bag to match with the fit. VVS was on my wrist. All this water on me, I got water for me and my bitch. Me and my bitch, drowning, flooded. They told me the price, I said fuck it. I spent it all with no budget. If it ain't a hundred, I ain't budging. Are you I made like 200 in London. You out here guessing these bitches, you pumping shit up like you butter. If I see an app, I'ma throw out the car. I'm at the crib with your bitch. She came with a dress. She left with no drawers. Left with no drawers. She love how I talk. She, how I talk. she know that poppy outside. She know I'm the king of New York. Niggas saying they outside. Niggas saying they outside. Send the Addy, we gon' slide. Air it out when we arrive. Popping that shit, but they done with the smoke. She like it rough when we fuck, so I'm grabbing that bitch by the throat. Niggas saying they outside. Send the Addy, we gon' slide. Mm -hmm.